I came here to say that I do not recognize anyone's right to one minute of my life, nor to any part of my energy, nor to any achievement of mine, no matter who makes the claim. And that is from The Fountainhead by Ayn Rand, and that's the movie. And when I first heard that quote, I thought, he's got to be kidding. I owe my life to everyone, my parents, my friends, my... And then I had to start thinking about that. Do my parents really own me? I do whatever they want. And do my friends own me? I do whatever their desires are. I eat where they want to eat. I... I go to I dress the way they want me to dress or am I my own person with wonderful friendships and good family relationships but having my own mind and it took me a while to think about that and untangle it and realize that this is genuinely my life and I have wonderful friends that I reach out to I have family members whom I adore to pieces and yet It is my life, and they own their lives. I don't have any right to guilt them into anything. You should be doing this for me. I'm your mother. Why don't you call me more often? My kids' lives are their own. My life is my own. Is your life your own, or do you feel you are in hock to everyone around you, and you can never please everyone? You can't. So what emotion do you usually feel? Doubt? Guilt? You don't know if you've pleased them enough. Nothing's ever good enough. If you're in that trap, think again. I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner, and my show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. And that means you use your mind to achieve a happier state, a happier, being more at peace with yourself. You want to learn how to love your mind, to love your values, choose your values well, and to enjoy your life. And you can give me a call. My uh, my number is toll-free, one eight seven seven. Dr. Kenner, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R. I'm a clinical psychologist. You can visit my website, drkenner.com, D-R-K-E-N-N-E-R.com, and you can check out my book at selfishromance.com. And selfish is not what you think it is, self-valuing, self-esteem. And right now I want to invite William to the phone. Uh, William, you're coping with some panic and and anxiety? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Um, I've been going through them about a month and a half now. Um, uh, just, I don't feel myself. I'm always, you know, scared of social events. Um, for a primary example, I went to my mom's birthday party in, um, in November. Yeah. And I started feeling real irrational, real scared, unsafe. Um, just scared of dying, feeling my heart was racing, sweating, um, tingling in my uh, upper and lower extremities. Okay. And I just seem not to, you know, get that feeling out of my mind. And I just, you know, thought I would call you and, and if you would have some type of coaching um, tips that, you know, make me relax during my day and go with my day. I have, uh, I technically lost my job. When did you lose your job? I lost my job, like, in the November. Okay. And, um... I just, it, it's, I'm always scared. I can't, I don't, I never want to be alone at home. Um, I always have to be around somebody. What, what do you like think will happen? What do Excuse you think? Yeah, go ahead. What do, when you say you um, need to have someone around, what are you fearful will happen? I'm going to die. And you're going to die of what? Just, um, uh, just wake up one morning and not be here. 
just the feeling, I don't know, die of what, just the, the fear of dying. Okay, so notice there's some vagueness there, William, th- that you don't know what you're going to die of. It's not like you're telling yourself, oh my gosh, I know, like for me, I know I have high cholesterol, and if I worried about dying of a heart attack or something, man, you know, there's a little basis to it. I have pretty high cholesterol, but I don't spend my life worrying about it. I do want to tell you that, um, but I do eat better. So if if things are very vague, if they're floating, you need to nail down your fear. And I'm hearing two separate fears that you have, two different categories of fear. And you can tell me if if these are, are close to it. The first fear is fear of social events. Yeah. And... And what happened at mom's birthday party that made you anxious? Just, you know, it was real crowded. I'm sorry, I'm getting upset. Just going through what I go through. Yeah. Um, What thoughts went through your mind? Just a lot of things like uh, just people and generosity being around them, not knowing who they are. and, and Are you worried that they'll make negative judgments of you? Or no, just... It's kind of hard to explain. I, like I said, I, I was feeling fine during that day, and then the minute I sit down and get seated with my family, and it just hit me like a ton of bricks. And okay. I never understood why. Okay, there's where you want to start. I love the detective work of psychology. You can figure out why. When you said the word ton of bricks, if that ton of bricks could talk, what would it say? Heal me, I mean... It would, you know, um, it would say I'm what? Just, I'm not, like, social with my family, or I'm not, like, I'm just not myself, doctor. And, okay. And I've always been a humorous, just outgoing, very successful person, and, you know. Okay, it, did this it, happen it after? me inside. Did it happen after you lost your job, William? No, ma'am, it happened during when I had my job. It, okay, so you want to figure out when the transition was from being an outgoing, happy-go-lucky person, comfortable with your family. Something changed, and that's the detective work. The question to ask yourself privately, you don't have to do it now, is what changed that made me go from feeling confident and at ease with people to feeling insecure. Did someone make fun of me or did I feel inadequate or did I say something wrong or is there pressure on me? You know, family events bring up a lot of a lot of history. Um, you know, I recently went to my mom's birthday party and guess what I felt? Um, anxious. Yeah, with all the skills that I have, I felt anxious, but I knew why I was anxious. And that's that's the gift you want to give yourself. That's called introspective work, asking yourself a series of questions, um, it, it, lovingly asking yourself. You're not grilling yourself. It's just saying, you know, I wonder what changed. When did I feel comfortable? When did that seem to change? Who do I feel most comfortable around in my family? Who do I feel least comfortable around? What right. was, yeah, did that, did that trigger something when I said that? Um, you know, I'm just, I love my family dearly. I, I love my fiance dearly, but it's just, I, you know, I've never experienced this, so it scares me in the way I feel when I get it, and I don't know how to 
Okay. Control myself and and cope with it. You do need to figure out what the thought was that triggered it. Then, let me tell you the second part. Remember I said I'm hearing two separate things? The first one is fearful of social events, your mother's birthday party being around people. It's good news that it's relatively new to you because that means you already know how to be comfortable around people. You need to get yourself back. The second is your fear of the anxiety itself and your figuring out that you're thinking that you're going to die because you had a panic attack. You had tingling. Let me tell you what a panic attack is. A panic attack sounds so scary, but if you don't know what it is, it's just your own body. Um, if If someone came up to me, William, and said, boo, it would trigger my anxiety. It would trigger me to feel maybe tingling in my fingers and maybe rapid breathing. I would be scared for a minute. Right. That's what panic attack is. But you're scaring yourself with a thought, oh, my God, maybe I'm dying. Oh my God! Pe- people or have getting another one. I right. always fear. Right, people. One. I know we're winding down with time. People have four separate ideas. I mean, four different, really critical ideas that are way off base when they're having a panic attack. Assuming they have a good bill of a clean bill of health, they fear they're dying. They feel they fear they're going crazy. They fear they're having a heart attack, or they fear they're going to embarrass themselves in public, and of course, they fear having another panic attack. Right. And it revs, it makes them continually anxious. Um, you, What I'm going to recommend to you, you're not going to die with a panic attack. Once you realize that, you can learn relaxation techniques. You can get the book, When Panic Attacks. And if you hold on, I'll talk with you during the break. When I entered my marriage, I left my true self at the door. Now I don't even know who I am anymore. My girlfriend doesn't want to make anyone mad. I never know how she truly feels. And I'm clueless when it comes to pleasing her sexually. She won't express what she likes. How many lose themselves in a romantic relationship, feeling unimportant, taken for granted? Or perhaps they lie or cheat and think their partner should forgive and forget. I am Dr. Ellen Kenner, clinical psychologist and co-author with Dr. Edwin Locke of the Romance Guidebook, The Selfish Path to Romance. Provocative title? I know. By selfish, we mean the self-valuing, self-nurturing way to romance. You never want to lose yourself in a relationship. You want to create a win-win partnership to value your own and each other's goals and dreams. Discovering how to be true to yourself in a romantic partnership is learnable and key to romantic happiness. Check out our book with its daring title, The Selfish Path to Romance, at Amazon or SelfishRomance.com. 